nothing in the half-hearted breeze. Still, they waited. They had been successful several times on this patch. It was a one-lane access way running between the back doors of a row of old shops and a high brick wall, ending at three concrete bollards. No one was ever around here at night. There were no tenants in the flats above the shops, and even without the January miasma this was a dark, dingy place. But such apparent ease of opportunity only made Dazza and Degsy more suspicious than usual. The very fact that motors had been lifted from around here before made the presence of this one seem curious. Did people never learn? Maybe they didn't. Though maybe there were other factors as well. The row of shops was a bit of an eyesore. Only one or two were occupied during the day. Most of the others were to let and a couple even boarded up as if they'd just been abandoned. God bless the recession. The lads ventured forth, walking boldly but stealthily, alert to the slightest unnatural sound. But no one called out. No one stepped from a darkened doorway. The Volkswagen was locked, of course, but Degsy had his screwdriver with him, and in less than five seconds they'd forced the driver's door open. No alarm sounded, which was just what they'd expected given the ramshackle state of the thing. Another advantage of pillaging the less well-off. With rasping titters they jumped inside to find that the steering column had been attacked in the past. It was held together by wads of silvery duct tape. A few slashes of Dazza's Stanley knife and they were through it. Even in the pitch darkness their gloved but nimble fingers found the necessary wiring and the contact was made. The car rumbled to life. Laughing loudly, they hit the gas. It was Dazza's turn to drive today, and Degsy's to ride, though it didn't make much difference. They were both as crazy as each other when they got behind the wheel. They blistered recklessly along, swerving around bends with tyres screeching, racing through red lights and stop signs. There was no initial response from the other road-using public. Opposing traffic was scant, They pulled a handbrake turn, pivoting sideways through what would ordinarily be a busy junction, the stink of burnt rubber engulfing them, hitting the gas again as they tore out of town along the A246. They had over half a tank of petrol and a very straight road in front of them. Maybe they'd make it all the way to Guildford, where they could pinch another motor to come home in. For the moment, though, it was just fun, fun, fun. They'd probably veer off en route and cause chaos on a few housing estates they knew, flaying the paint from any expensive jobs that unwise owners had left in plain view. Some roadworks surged into sight just ahead. Dazza howled as he gunned the Volkswagen through them, cones catapulting every which way. One struck the bay window of a roadside house, smashing it clean through. They mowed down a keep-left sign, taking out a set of temporary lights, which hit the deck with a detonation of sparks. The blacktop continued to roll out ahead. They were doing eighty, ninety, almost a hundred, and were briefly mesmerised by their own fearlessness, their attention completely focused down the borehole of their headlights. When you were in that frame of mind, there were almost no limits. It would have taken something quite startling to distract them from their death-defying reverie and that came approximately seven minutes into this, their last ever journey in a stolen vehicle. 
They were now out of the town and into the countryside, at which point they clipped a curbstone at eighty-five. That in itself wasn't a problem, but Degsy, who'd just filched his mobile from his jacket pockets to film this latest escapade, was jolted so hard that he dropped it into the footwell. "'Fuck!' he squawked, scrabbling around for it. At first he couldn't seem to locate it. There was quite a bit of junk down there, so he ripped his glove off with his teeth and went groping barehanded. This time he found the mobile, but when he pulled his hand back he saw that he'd found something else as well. It was clamped to his exposed wrist. Initially, he thought he must have brushed his arm against an old pair of boots, which had smeared him with oil or paint. But no. Now he could feel the weight of it and the multiple pinprick sensation where it had apparently gripped him. He still didn't realise what the thing actually was.